Hey everybody, and welcome to another episode of the podcast from another world. And uh, you'll, we'll get to it in a second, but uh, I'm glad that Dave was able to actually get the podcast itself out uh, on time this time, uh, just because he did want to do something else really, really special. But uh, his first episode that he recorded had a lot of audio issues, and uh, unfortunately, it was lost into the ether. Um, and so he was, uh, you know, able to actually get another episode done uh, for you guys. So I hope you guys really enjoyed this episode. So please sit back, relax, and enjoy uh, the podcast from another world. Anchorage from Polar Expedition 6. Anchorage from Polar Expedition 6. Can you hear me? Over. I'm your host, Phantom Dark Dave, and welcome to this little podcast that I do. This is a show that's dedicated to horror and science fiction from the 1920s through the 1980s. I've got everything from famous creature features, drive-in specials, straight-to-video obscure releases, and even scientific explorations filmed in a Hollywood basement. It all lives right here. So, clock out from reality and time, and come with me to a place beyond the pattern of stars, and deep into the depths of the ocean, as we travel to a podcast from another world. And it is so good to be back. Now, this episode is going to be a little different. And so, 
I need to start off by saying I'm sorry and explain why. Originally, I had something really cool planned. It was just, I was ready to do it. You know, I put a lot of time and effort into it, and it fell through. And sometimes that happens. So that was okay. I came up with a plan B. Okay, so my backup plan was legit. And I put time and effort into that, and I was going to bring on a special guest. And he did a lot of time and effort, and it was just great. And then we even recorded the episode, but then we didn't because it didn't record. And you think, I've been doing this for five years. I know what I'm doing. But for anybody out there that's looking to start a podcast or has been doing a podcast forever can agree with me that sometimes these technical issues still happen no matter how used to it you are. Sometimes it just can't be helped. And so... Thus behold, here I am with a weird bonus episode for a show that's already a bonus show to a good podcast. (laughs) So I didn't want to just not do anything, guys. And so I sat back and said, okay, you know, this episode needs to come out. What can I do? And it's kind of like a blessing in disguise because I got this idea that I personally thought was really cool. And I hope you guys agree with me. But when I thought of this and I was like, man, I would love to hear, like as a listener, I would love to hear that episode. And so what I'm going to do right now is I went through my movie collection and I started looking at a whole bunch of sci-fi movies. Cause you know, I, I really love sci-fi and I want to be able to do more science fiction. And so, you know, here I am with this podcast, but I went through and I was like, I'm going to find 10 movies that I know at some point I want to do. Now, this doesn't mean, hey guys, spoiler, these are my next 10 episodes. No, I'm going to do these out of order and I'm still going to squeeze in other horror movies because this is a horror and sci-fi podcast. And then there'll be some months where I, I do things with Brian, um, that ever, whatever you know he has planned. But basically, this just sounded really cool to me. I'm going to play 10 different trailers for 10 movies that are going to pop up on this podcast. And, I mean, short of everybody in the world saying, Dave, don't do that, (laughs) you're not going to change my mind. But what I hope is going to happen is people will get excited. I hope that you're going to hear a trailer and go, I love that movie. I can't wait. Or, wow, like, I've never heard of that movie. I'm intrigued. So here we go. These are going to be 10 sci-fi movies that I really want to do on this podcast. And hopefully... I can get a guest for some of them, so we'll see. Number one, it's from 1953, War of the Worlds. This could be the beginning of the end for the human race. For what men first thought were meteors or the often ridiculed flying saucers are in reality the flaming vanguard of the invasion from Mars. Looks like they're going to come out of that gully pretty soon. We'll have to rush our defenses to be ready when they do. The guards need plenty of reinforcements. We'll get them. Lieutenant, look! They slash across country like scythes, wiping out everything that's trying to get away from them. That explains why communication is cut the moment their machines begin moving. Montreal's blacked out. Nothing more has come through. Same thing that happened on the Pacific Coast. Anything from them yet? No, Mr. Secretary. We've had nothing from San Francisco for over five hours. The nations of the world mobilize their armed might, rushing to defend the Earth against the unknown weapons of the super race from the Red Planet. Is there nothing that can stop the Martian death machines? 
guns, tanks, bombs. They're like toys against them. We know now that we can't beat their machines. We've got to beat them. All over the world, human beings cower before the onslaught of these unearthly enemies whom no one has ever seen. that sweeps around the globe as the great masses of mankind flee blindly in a headlong stampede of hysteria. You know, with everything that's going on in the world today, the pandemic and the crazy with the coronavirus and everything, it just started getting me thinking about like what would happen like if aliens came down, like that kind of like pandemic, right? Like everybody going nuts and all the chaos and it just the war of the worlds came fresh to my mind. It's a movie that um, I watched not too long ago and I was just like, Man, I really want to do that for the podcast. So I hope you guys are gonna look forward to that as much as I look forward to recording it. Keeping with the similar idea of being invaded, let's go number two from 1956, Earth versus the Flying Saucers. Flying saucers have invaded our planet. Washington, London, Paris, Moscow are key targets. The whole world is under attack. Can it survive? of a disintegrated solar system. At this moment, the remainder of our fleet is circling your globe. What do you want with me? Arrange for your world leaders to confer with us in the city of Washington. They set up an electronic screen. The artillery doesn't penetrate. Never before has the screen reached such heights of excitement. Breathtaking spectacle. Hair-raising terror. See the saucer man's high-frequency disintegrator. See flying saucers travel thousands of miles in seconds. See great cities leveled by flying saucer monsters. Ross, look. The same kind of thing that's watched us since the beginning of the project. People of Earth, attention. People of Earth, attention. This is a voice speaking to you from thousands of miles beyond your planet. They're coming down to take over. They made that clear to us in the saucer. To the best of our knowledge, my wife and I are the only ones left alive. Yeah. 
this is a movie that I remember watching on the Turner Classic Movie Network. It was, you know, black and white, beautiful, high definition, and it just always stuck with me, just remembering the visuals of the spaceships, the saucers, right, coming down and attacking, and just, we remember what the graphics used to look like, especially for some of those extremely low budget, where this was definitely a high-end budget movie, and the effects were phenomenal, and so I look forward to diving into it, and, you know, just introducing more classic sci-fi. Sticking with classic sci-fi, and the same year, number three, it is from 1956, Forbidden Planet. as one of the crew of this faster-than-light spaceship of the future, sharing their curiosity to know the unknown, their tension, their readiness for inconceivable adventures. Sir, we're being radar scanned. United Planets Cruiser C-57D, J.J. Adams commanding. Who are you? Morbius of the Bellerophon. Uh, Dr. Morbius, my orders are to survey the situation on Altair IV. Commander, if you sat down on this planet, I warn you that I cannot be answerable for the safety of your ship or your crew. When you reach the Forbidden Planet, you will meet Dr. Morbius, played by Walter Pidgeon. The doctor is sole owner of this fabulous world. Anne Francis is his alluring daughter, Alta, who has never seen a young man till she meets Commander Adams, played by talented Leslie Nielsen. Not in. Didn't bring my bathing suit. What's a bathing suit? Oh, murder. You will meet a charming character in The Robot, able to produce on order 10 tons of lead or a slinky evening gown. Always at your service. You must be the loveliest, softest thing you've ever made for me. And fit in all the right places, with lots and lots of star sapphires. Star sapphires take a week to crystallize properly. Would diamond or emeralds do? You explore all the wonders of a vanished civilization. You travel deep down into the heart of the forbidden planet to discover the incredible marvels of this lost genius race. These magnificent scenes in striking Eastman color stagger the imagination. 20 miles. Look down, gentlemen, are you afraid? 7,800 levels. Yet the wonders of the planet Altair IV conceal a strange and evil force, unknown, irresistible.
about a movie that rendered in HD looks beautiful. I mean, this movie's colorized. It has a younger Leslie Nielsen, but it's it's like a hour and a half Star Trek episode, but in a good way. I mean, anybody who loves Star Trek knows what I mean. Like that sounds really exciting. It is an awesome movie. The graphics are just phenomenal, especially when you consider the time period. But even just watching it now, and like I said, seeing it rendered in high definition, it just does something to you. Like it literally, it like defines this podcast. Like it takes you to another world. Like you believe it there. And similar to, well, no, this is actually scratch that. This is the first time. Think about when I did the thing from another world and the giant claw. I talked about you know things coming to Earth. Okay, look at the number one and number two. You know, War of the Worlds, Earth versus Flying Saucers, things coming to the world. This is one of the first times where we explored to another world. And so I'm really excited to get into that. And I know for sure that's going to be a great episode. Jumping ahead to the 80s, there's a movie that I have, as of right now, not seen. But I'm highly intrigued by it. It has John Lithgow. I watched the trailer. I was like, man, that looks really good. I went, I found it, I bought it. It's from 1986. It's The Manhattan Project. It's a brilliant achievement. You'd get the Nobel if you could publish. Publish? I said if. All right, set him up. Someplace quiet, away from prying eyes. Paula, come say hi. Dr. Matheson, this is my son, Paul. He's hot for my mother. He figures I'm a dumb kid. He's so. hot for your mother, really? Uh-huh. He's got all these security clearances. I don't know what they are. Los Alamos, Oak Ridge. What is that? What does it look like? A five-leaf clover. Where'd you find it? Growing outside that lab. You know the odds on that kind of mutation happening naturally without chemicals or radiation or something? It's like a billion to one. It never happens. Maybe you're just very lucky. Who knows about this? Just us. We should do something. We can get in there. What can they do to us anyway? We're kids. It's a prank, right? A and B car to just both went at once. What's happening? It's Paul. I hate to go in there, Charlie. They got stuff in there that zaps you right out. Any idea who he's working with? I don't think he's working with anybody. I think he did it by himself. Who are these people? Does he feel that people don't like him? That he's special or different? Is he unhappy with the present political system? They can't do anything to me. Why not? I'm underage. What do you think this is? A school play? You could start a war, for God's sake. Now stop screwing around before it's too late. The package has arrived. And it's hot. You don't know what you took, Paul. I do not want them off the premises with that gadget. Do you copy? Give me a clear shot behind the ear and I'll turn them off like a switch. I'm a big fan of John Lithgow. I mean, everybody knows him, Third Rock from the Sun, right? Hopefully that's why you know him. But he's in several, several different things. The guy never ceases to amaze me. He always makes me smile. He's hilarious. He has an iconic voice. But it was just really cool to, you know, find another movie that he's in that I hadn't seen. Had a little bit of a sci-fi aspect to it. And it makes this podcast, so that's one of them. Another movie that I can't wait to do is one that I had always read about. 
And I was like, man, that sounds really cool. I want to track that down. And I found it. I brought it home and I watched it and I was blown away by it. Like, no, it's not the greatest movie I've ever seen, but I absolutely love the premise for the film. I love the actors in the film. It was very interesting who's cast to be in it. And the effects just, it works. And you know what I'm talking about if you've seen it, because it's from 1977. It's Capricorn 1. We are T-minus 18 seconds from liftoff. We T-minus 15 seconds. Would you and your men please follow me? Hey, what the hell is this? This is an emergency. Please follow me now. T-minus 10 seconds. 9, 8. We have ignition. 6, 5. We have outboard engines. 3. We have inboard engines. 1, 0. We have a launch commit. We have a liftoff at 35 minutes after the hour. Every split second of this historic flight, every intimate detail, every heartbeat was monitored by mission control in Houston. This is Capricorn 1. We have landed. As millions all over the world watched and listened, the President of the United States spoke to the astronauts across the vastness of space. To the men of Capricorn 1, I bring you greetings from your fellow Americans. There's only one small catch. It, takes it never happened. It's all a lie. A fantastic $30 billion hoax. Something's wrong, and I don't know what it is. Dig deep enough, you might uncover the truth. Those signals couldn't have come from 300 miles. But the odds are, you'll never live to tell it. Freeze! I'm not moving an inch. They're on the plane together! There's a device, it's on the plane. There's some people, if I don't give them the all-clear signal, they'll explode it. Something's wrong, something big. They know I'm onto it and they try to kill me. Who's they? I can't tell you. We are dead. You tell me you're in trouble, you're out on bail, you just got fired, I tell you I'll be right over. My head hurts. You look awful. Thank you very much. You're quite welcome. These people are capable of anything. You sound so close. It's hard to believe you really are that far away in space. It's hard for me to believe it, too. You're up to something. You want my help. It's gotten out of control. It's too big. Capricorn 1, this is Houston. Capricorn 1, we show red on the heat shield. Capricorn 1, this is Houston. We show red on the heat shield. Do you read? Pull that lever down by your feet when I tell you, sonny. Capricorn One, the mission that never got off the ground. I remember when I watched this movie 
it was a day off that I had and I had a little bit of time to myself. I was like, oh man, I only get a couple hours. You guys know what I'm talking about when your time is scarce and you can only really watch one movie, but you don't want to spend your two hours picking your movie. This is one that it was on the shelf. It was looking at me. I was like, you know what? I remember being excited for that. I'm going to buy it and I'm going to try it out. And I'm so glad that I did because not only is it sometimes kind of hard to find, but it's just a cool movie and it's one you can watch more than once. And it's one that you like to show to a friend and get their reaction with it just because it's such a unique idea and there's not a lot of movies like that. Moving to my number six film is a movie that one of the two movies on this list that confused the hell out of me. It's really slow. It's extremely sci-fi. It came recommended to me, so I was going to watch it. I bought it. I watched it. And I remember thinking, I was not ready for that. So this is a movie that definitely deserves a rewatch, and when I do, I'll be ready to talk about it on the podcast. It's from 1971. It's THX 1138. All Earth Council, in its infinite wisdom, has decided these two numbers are to be disposed of. The Biochemical Forum has demands to make on their parts, however, before they are eliminated. That's the kind of efficiency that makes you proud to live in this era. and effective. Consultation with leading experts in the field makes it perfectly clear, perfectly clear that we are all now programmed for perfect happiness, perfect happiness, perfect happiness, perfect happiness. occasional technical or electronic errors in programming and or surveillance which produce perverse exceptions. I'm going to have a child. First they start skipping prescribed drug dosages. Then they begin touching, then indulging in various sexual acts and the ultimate perversion, love. For such extreme psychobiological misfunction, only isolation will do. It should be made perfectly clear, perfectly clear, perfectly clear. There have been no, repeat, no unprogrammed departures, no pursuits.
you guys might know uh, I have a sci-fi correspondent out there. He's one of my dear good friends, Evan, and he loves this movie. And he told me I need to watch it because it's one of his favorites. And if he recommends it, I'm going to check it out. And so, like I said, I watched it and I was not in the right frame of mind for it. I didn't know how into it it was going to be. So when I watched it, I was kind of in and out a little bit. But, I mean, I enjoyed it. And it's something that still to this day has stuck with me. And it's something that I'm going to prepare myself for the rewatch and basically set up to do a podcast episode. And if I'm lucky, I'll get Evan on here to do it with me. But we'll see when that happens. (laughs) Speaking of the same idea of a movie that I was not prepared for, Evan has another movie that he loves. But he said, I shouldn't see that movie till I see this movie. And I was like, okay, well, I know George loves this movie, and I said that I wanted to see this movie. What is this movie? Oh, okay, well, this is from 1968. It's 2001, A Space Odyssey. Dave, I ask you a personal question. No, not at all. I've wondered whether you might be having some second thoughts about the mission. How do you mean? Rumors about something being dug up on the moon. I never gave these stories much credence, but particularly in view of some of the other things that have happened, I find them difficult to put out of my mind. Open the pod bay doors, please, Hal. Open the pod bay doors, Hal. I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. What are you talking about, Hal? This conversation can serve no purpose anymore. Goodbye. about a movie that confused me even more than THX 1138 did. 2001 A Space Odyssey is so hard to talk about. I mean, it came out in a time where I think if you did drugs and hallucinogens, you appreciated it more. But it is visually stunning. Like, it is peering into a science fiction kaleidoscope. It is insane. And 
the music is beautiful, the photography is phenomenal, the effects are mind-blowing. There's so many great things about this movie. But when it was over, I was like, what the heck did I just watch? Like, I'm just kind of stunned at this point. I remember talking to Evan, he's like, yeah, the movie's a beating, man, but you made it through it. And then I got to thinking, I need to talk to George. And I hope you guys know when I say George, it's George of the Fright Club podcast. I know this is one of, if not his favorite movie. I want to know why... And I can't wait to spend three hours watching this again so I can be an expert on it. (laughs) Because I think this is one of those movies that people have their own theories on it. And they continuously rewatch it and come up with different ideas of what the story's about. There's so much to it. And no, I never read the book or anything. And maybe I will just to see the differences between. Because I know there was a little bit of discrepancies. But that's nothing new with... Stanley Kubrick, he takes his own, and uh, but for the most part, his movies are really successful. So, I guess I can't really say one that is not successful. So they are, <laughs> but yeah, t- 2001: Space Odyssey, total mind trip. Looking forward to bringing that to the podcast. Now, I mentioned a movie that Evan's a big fan of, but I couldn't mention it until I mentioned the last movie, and Evan said he really loved 2010: The Year We Made Contact from 1984. going to convince your people to allow americans to go on the flight we are going to get there first and you have the knowledge to make the trip work i'm going on the flight how far away is jupiter far mommy said you're going to be asleep for a long time are you going to die dr floyd dr floyd dr arlov has encountered some strange data coming from europa i will send max down with a pod i wouldn't do that to send a pod down there, send an unmanned one. Hey, a piece of pie. Cake. A piece of cake. Yeah, yeah. If this date is correct, then there's something down there. It is correct. It was organic. There was life. Is it moving? Yes. It's incredible. Listen for a minute. We've got to get out of here. They can't do all of these things with no reason. I can't. Forget reason. There's no time to be reasonable. Can't find him. Are you sure you are making the right decision? I think we should stop. Something's going to happen. What? Something wonderful. wholeheartedly agree call it a sin you know call it whatever people know that i'm a sequel guy anyway so get off my back but seriously that 2010 was just the flavor i needed so i had watched 2001 a space odyssey and 2010 back to back in one night it was like dave's sci-fi 
leave me alone. I'm on my couch with junk food night, right? And 2001 had blew my mind and left me wanting more but being so damn confused. 2010 was much more of a straight shooter, 80s, little taste of 70s, but 80s sci-fi movie with John Lithgow. Yeah, making his second appearance on my top 10 movies I hope to cover in the future that I will cover. Roy Schneider from Jaws is in this movie. John Lithgow. I mean, it's it's an amazing part two. And it seems like a lot of people that love 2001 don't really love 2010. And then on the flip side, people kind of like my first viewing was like, what? <laughs> it's crazy. Then they see 2010, they're like, oh yeah, that was good. Now, I don't know if it's like Alien versus Aliens. You usually have people that prefer one or the other. It's two different flavors, right? With similar ideas and characters and everything. But in the end, I will say that I love 2010. It makes me want to watch 2001 more, and I can't wait to do both of them. My number nine pick is one that totally rocked my world. I remember watching a YouTube video that kind of counted down some of the best sci-fi movies of all time. And I had taken a recommendation from Evan again, and I just bought this movie that he said was great, and he loved it. I'm like, all right. But the DVD cover is so, like, it sells me wrong. I'm looking at it, and it looks like some time cop action sci-fi thing. And that's cool if you like time cop. Shout out to Big Ben. He loves Jean-Claude Van Damme stuff. <laughs> Actually, and JD. Yeah, that's right. JD, back in time. But this movie... Oh, hell. Let's just tell you. It's from 1972. It's Silent Running. Convoy on a strange voyage carrying a rare cargo. The forests, the plants, the growing things doomed to extinction on Earth. We have just received orders to abandon and nuclear destruct all the forests and return our ships to commercial service. We're going home! We can't blow up this forest. Silent running. Cataclysm in outer space. Every moment bringing its own danger as man explores the mysteries of an unknown and limitless universe. Valley Forge, Valley Forge, what the hell's wrong? You're moving out, you're accelerating. I've got a premature detonation on dome number two and I've got an explosion in the main cargo deck. Now please advise me immediately. Give me Barker. I can't find Barker. I can't find Wolf or Keenan either. I'm afraid, Neil, that they might have been in dome number two. Dome number one. Meet the almost human drones, amazing companions on a journey beyond the stars. <laughs> that man has a full house and he knew it. Now how about that? Hear Joan Baez sing Rejoice in the Sun and Silent Running. Listen all, if you continue as is. I figure you'll hit the northeastern quadrant of Saturn's outer ring tomorrow morning. 
Silent Running is an amazing movie. I don't care what anybody says. I freaking love it to death. Like I said, I thought it was going to be this movie. I end up watching it, and it ended up being something so different and in the best way possible. It was definitely the experience I was looking for that night in a sci-fi movie. And Bruce Dern is so compelling, and he totally kills at that role that he plays. It's about a guy who's isolated in space, and he's pretty much headed to his deathbed. And what would you do if you're alone? You know, do you go crazy? Do you fight to survive? You have to wait for the podcast review, and I'll let you know. But it's a movie that I cannot wait to run through. I will watch it a million times in my lifetime, if that's even possible. But yes. All right. My number 10 should come to no surprise. I am a huge Trekkie. And I've always wanted to do a straight run-through of one of the greatest sci-fi movies ever made. You may call it motionless, but I sure as hell don't. It's from 1979. It's Star Trek, the motion picture. This movie is great. I guess I understand what the fuss was, um, but not really. I, I do understand why some people like Rathacon more. It's a lo lot more, you know, shoot 'em up, action adventure, return of a villain, kind of in your face or whatever. But when you watch this movie, you got to remember this is a '70s sci-fi movie. Take all the Star Trek stuff out. It's a great movie. So put in the Star Trek stuff, it's an even better movie. And I've seen this movie probably six times, and I love it. And I want to give a shout-out to Evan for making me understand and, and really giving this movie a second watch. Because the first time I watched it, 
it made me tired. I didn't get it, you know? I had seen other Star Trek things first, like the J.J. Abrams stuff, so I didn't know what this was about. This was my introduction to the crew. You never start with the movie. You start with the show. I messed that up, okay? He told me what I just told you guys. You know, watch it as a sci-fi movie and enjoy it. And then I sure as hell did, and it blew my mind. It was like watching it for the first time. I loved it. And because of that, I watched it three, four, five, six, seven, eight, a million times. And I can't wait to do it. It's definitely going to be so much heart. So if you guys remember when Evan and I did the Andromeda Strain, I hope you guys had a chance to hear that. That was back on Dave's Pop Culture Podcast. Or for all my uh, loyal listeners out there, Dave's Pop Culture Podcast. I hear people like to do that. It's cool if you do. Send me a video. That'd be awesome. (laughs) But seriously, Star Trek motion picture. So awesome. Long movie, but I truly love it. Great, amazing soundtrack. And my other shout out goes to my boy Johnny Staggs, who sent me a VHS tape of the extended cut. And so now, thanks to all my friends, I have the director's cut, I have the theoretical cut, and the extended cut, which is longer than the director's cut. So it's pretty awesome. That wraps up this episode I want to thank you guys for tuning in if you stuck around for it. I highly appreciate it. I hope you had just as much fun listening to my techno babble, Star Trek, uh, sci-fi, 70s, whatever talk uh, in the trailers I played. I hope it gets you really excited for things that are coming to the podcast. And if you're even half as excited to listen as I am to produce for you, I guarantee it's going to be a good time. So for now, clock back into reality and time. But keep your eyes and ears open, because next month, we're going to take another voyage to the podcast from another world. Thank you guys for listening to another episode of the podcast from another world. Um, as always, don't forget to follow Dave on Twitter at Dave underscore phantom. And don't forget to follow the podcast on all the fun platforms that you can find at Spotify, iTunes, rate review, and especially, you know, give some reviews for Dave's bonus episodes. It'd be really great to see how everybody's enjoying it. Uh, I know that there are a lot of people listening to it, so I'd like to get some feedback and see how Dave's been doing. Um, I enjoy the episodes and you should too. And I just want to make sure that everybody's, uh, you know, having a good time. Uh, but always follow the podcast too, T underscore T underscore podcast out there on the Twitterverse, as well as Terrible Terror Podcast on, uh, Instagram and Terrible Terror Podcast on YouTube. And don't forget to also follow Dave's, uh, pop culture podcast on YouTube as well. There's some great little fun, uh, episodes that they've done. And I really enjoyed Neil, um, giving a 
look at uh, Comic-Con out there in the UK. Uh, it was a very fun little episode, and maybe we'll get him along for uh, <laughs> the third Anaconda movie, if I ever can stomach <laughs> going through that. But thank you guys for listening to this bonus episode, and we'll catch you next time right here on the Terrible Terror Podcast with a podcast from another world.